Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, we take a historical walk through the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and in the return of Storytime with Uncle Mike, an apartment from Hades. You're behind the mic with Mike O'Neill Jr., Okay, I will not be before you long on this Tuesday evening. Y'all know the show drops on Wednesdays, so I record on Tuesdays. NFL historians, this isn't for you. The show is not necessarily for you, but it is for those who don't know as much, so we are here to enlighten and teach. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. It's the Behind the Mic Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Neal Jr. This show is presented by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network check out this show as well as others on bellyupsports.com we have writers as well as well as those who speak into the mic bellyupsports.com check it out you can catch this show especially this show as well as others on Spreaker Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts Amazon Music Stitcher iHeartRadio all of those major platforms so again I'm not going to be here before you long the papers are ready And so is the squeaky chair. You will hear it in the background at some point. Now, the regular season is only weeks away, and the preseason has already begun. We are already seeing the start of the careers of some of the best players that college has had to offer. Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts, Michael Parsons, Justin Fields, just to name a few. We're watching these guys, right? They were first-round picks. They're just getting started. And we have no idea how their careers will pan out. We think we know. We, we hope for the best, especially if we're fans of the Cowboys or fans of the Jaguars or fans of the Bears. They haven't had a quarterback since Sid Lugman. No shade. Duck. Maybe a little bit. So we have no idea how their careers will pan out. We, we hope to, for the best as fans. But the same goes for the new coaches. What is Urban Meyer going to do in Jacksonville? 
Arthur Smith, who left the Titans as the coordinator. He moved quickly through the ranks and was very successful in his job, right? So how about his head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? We don't know. We have no idea. There are different levels of players, many of whom will enjoy playing for maybe just a year or two. Some will play longer. We have no idea because injuries play a factor. All kinds of things play factors in the career of an NFL athlete or an athlete in general, right? So, but there are a few that will actually be great to the point where they will enter one day to Pro Football Hall of Fame. Then, of course, there's those, you have the well-established players and coaches that are in the league now. We got Patrick Mahomes or Chase Young who just flashed, you know, all that greatness as a rookie. And he's only played the one year, but he had instant impact. Barring injury of any, any of these guys, I think these two guys are on a great trajectory. I don't know too many people who would disagree. All right. They have, I believe, of Hall of Fame level talent. They, will they, the question is, will they maintain it long enough to have that type of career? We'll see. Personally, I think these guys will. But we've seen people start off great and then they fizzle out. Jerome, uh, not Jerome, but Javon Curse. You Titans fans know who he is. There's little, it could be a little premature, you know, to name Chase Young, but I think maybe. But then you have guys like Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. They'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame one day. There's no question. They've won Super Bowls or, in Aaron's case, a Super Bowl. But their greatness um, just is just gone beyond what is expected. And they know, you you know that these guys will be donning the gold jacket five years after they have retired if they stop playing today they're in drew Brees, he just retired last year you know he's going to be in you can't tell me that he's not going to get in so who decides who's a hall of famer what does it take to get in when did someone decide that there will even be a pro football hall of fame you know where is it Ken, ohio is the birthplace of pro football September 17, 1920, the American Professional Football Association, or the APFA, was formed. And officially, it became the NFL in 1922. Well, the first league meeting was held in a car showroom floor that was owned by a man by the name of Ralph Hay. And he was one, he hosted basically all of those original teams and their ref, representatives. Ralph Hay was the owner of one of those teams, the Canton Bulldogs, who actually won the first two championships. Kenton is also the home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Many of these players who are starting off as rookies right now, these first-year coaches and coordinators, even the players who have been here for a while, they have that chance to be enshrined in that building. And it was a thought that I had after the Hall of Fame ceremonies ended on August 8th. You had guys, uh, the eight that got in. Drew Pearson, the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Flores, we've had talks about him on the show as coach of the, of the uh, Oakland Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders. Peyton Manning, Hall of Fame quarterback, played for the Colts for all those years and then uh, got in and won the Super Bowl. Yes, we know his, his arm was shot by the time he won that last game he played against the Carolina Panthers, but he got two rings on his hand. Probably one of the great, the greatest. He is the great, one of the greatest modern day quarterbacks of his era. John Lynch, a killer safety, playing for those Buccaneers. 
and played for the Denver Broncos. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, wide receiver, Detroit Lions. Alan Fanica, Heinz Ward of the Steelers, was his presenter. That tells you all you need to know. He was a great offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to go along with that, Bill Nunn, who we will talk about extensively at some point. He was a contributor and a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers and had that African-American plug. And he was more than that, but having that African-American plug into the black colleges. He was very important in the Steelers dynasty. Key. And then, of course, there's the great Charles Woodson, one of the guys I really wanted to be like around the time when I was a senior in high school. The guy played both ways. It was I couldn't even keep up <laughs> playing wide receiver and playing corner. I mean, that man, watching him in Michigan, as well as with the Raiders and the Packers, he was great, period, point blank. Well, on December 6, 1959, the Canton Repository, it was a newspaper in Canton, Ohio, called for city officials to lobby the National Football League, the NFL, to create a Hall of Fame in the community. The city had played an instrumental role in creating professional football. Again, I said it was the birthplace of pro football. Because of this history, Canton residents actively supported the city's efforts in securing the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Canton officials formally proposed their city as the site for the Hall of Fame in 1961. The NFL quickly agreed to the city's proposal to help convince NFL officials to locate the Hall of Fame in Canton. City officials donated several acres of land on Canton's north side to the project. Local residents also raised almost $400,000 to help construct the Hall of Fame. This is a quote from the website OhioHistoryCentral.org. This city was very pivotal in professional football. Again, I can't stress it enough. It's pretty much where the professionals started, where all of that stuff started. It didn't begin, football didn't start in Canton, but professionally, it started in Canton. The NFL awarded that site to Canton in 1961. Construction began August 11, 1962, and 43 years after the league began, they opened it September 7, 1963. It started with two buildings. After multiple expansions in 71, 78, 95, and even in 2012 and 2013, originally, the Pro Football Hall of Fame was a 19,000 square foot building. Today, it is over 118,000 square feet. That's a serious football facility. What's in it? I mean, you're walking into a historical museum of professional football. Hall of Fame busts of players, coaches, and contributors. The Hall of Legends. Memorabilia from game-worn cleats and jerseys and full uniforms as well as Super Bowl trophies. I believe they have the Lamar Hunt exhibit that's in there. Um, Bill Belichick's game plan from the Giants, his defensive game plan from the Giants 20-19 Super Bowl 25 victory against the Buffalo Bills and a host of exhibits and interactive activities for you and your kids. I sound like a commercial, but obviously the best time to even go would be during Hall of Fame weekend, right? The AFC-NFC Hall of Fame game was first played in 1962, the day of groundbreaking for the construction, and it has been played every year 
except in four instances. And this is according to Ben Rolfe, who wrote a, uh, a article on ProFootballNetwork.com. And he basically said that no contest was played in 1966 because that was the first season of the AFL and the NFL merger. And in 2011, NFL lockout, no game. In 2016, there were poor field condi uh, conditions and they canceled it out. And then, of course, in 2020, we all know what happened then. The pandemic, COVID-19. The game takes place at what is now called Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. It was called at first, formerly, Fawcett Stadium. And it was named after a local legend, John A. Fawcett, who was a former Kansas City Schools Board of Education member and a standout athlete. Tom Benson, it, it, it went to, he's the owner, or was the owner of the, the New Orleans Saints, and it was renamed after his $11 million donation to the Hall of Fame for renovations back in 2014. And of course, Mr. Benson, he had since, he has since passed back in 2018, but it was renamed for him. The inaugural class, thank God I said that word right. <laughs> I struggled with that word. The class of 1963, there were 17 that were inducted. Here's the names. Sammy Ball, quarterback for the Washington football team. All due respect. Burt Bell, who was the former commissioner for the NFL, as well as an owner for the Philadelphia Eagles at one point. You got Joe Carr, Dutch Clark. Everybody should know, if you love history and football, Red Grange. George Hallis, Mel Hine. Pete Henry, Cal Hubbard, Don Hudson, great wide receiver or end for the Green Bay Packers. Yet the, the Packers legend, Earl Curly Lambeau, Tim Mara, George Preston Marshall, hmm, Johnny Blood, Bronco Nagurski, Ernie Nevers, and of course, those Canton Bulldogs were led by the greatest athlete of the era of the time, Jim Thorpe. All of these men went in. If you want to see that and more, go on down to 2121 George Hallis Drive, Northwest in Canton, Ohio. I, I, I can't wait to go myself. So the first 17 inductees are enshrined. But here's the question. What's the process? Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler, I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. So I took some notes. And I take, I hopefully I took good enough notes to, to give you an understanding of what it takes to become an NFL Hall of Famer. But what does it take? Just ask yourself a simple question. What does it, what, what does it take for someone to become, an athlete to become a Hall of Famer in any sport? One, you have to be good. All right, you can't stink and, 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 and become a Hall of Fame player. You, you have to be good. You have to be able to catch a football every now and then. Complete a pass. You know what I mean? Even the, the best of the best athletes, because as much as we talk trash or talk, talk bad about professional athletes, they are 
thousand times better than you are. Unless you just happen to not be one that made it. And even then, I still question you. Because at that point, it's only talk. Yeah, I dunked on him in high school. Well, I mean, it was high school. But I'm just saying, you have to be good. You have to be at least somewhat good enough to even make it into the league. And once you get in the league, you got to have staying power, right? But it's not so much about that that I want to stress is what is the process for even getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? So you go through, you have a great career, and you do some great things. Maybe you even win a Super Bowl or two. Maybe you never win a Super Bowl, but you're one of the great players of Hall of, uh, of all time. I mean, ask Barry Sanders. I mean, the man dominated in college. Didn't we talk about him, what, about two weeks ago or so? And the man, to me, was the greatest running back I've ever seen. Point blank, period. And he was on several Lions teams that were just not any good. What other NFL team can you name that has two Hall of Famers they made quick early? I'm sorry. This is a message to one of my buddies inside, insider. Kurt, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kurt. <laughs> my man, Kurt. But Calvin Johnson just got in. Megatron, one of the greatest receivers of all time. This dude... As well as Barry Sanders, they both did their jobs, but they, it wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. Wayne Fonts, I love you. But what, what does it take to become a Hall of Famer? What, is the, what does it take to get in? Okay, so before this class, and I'm hoping I'm counting this right, there have been, out of all of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of players, and I think the number is close to 30,000. I know it's at least 27 thousand players that have come through in NFL history to play this game only 346 have ever made the Hall of Fame 346 that's players coaches contributors uh, everybody that's come through the NFL even as an executive I'm not even talking about on the field or a coach that can push his team to the point where they are good enough to win a championship or championships they've made it in well, there goes the squeaky chair. One, you have to qualify. Okay, this is all according to NFL.com. And I took my notes. NFL.com. One, you have to be retired for five years. And, of course, they had to joke. Look, Brett Favre, man, he just could not make up his mind, right? Number two, you have to make first team all pro at least once. Or at least make a pro bowl. All right? Seems kind of easy, right? I guess. I mean, all pro is, all pro is better than pro bowl. That means you're the best of the best of the best, sir. You know what I mean? Number three, you have to be nominated. Now, anybody can be nominated. Anybody. My, my, I could nominate myself for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I didn't even play. think that's true. <laughs> I think that is true. But the Hall of Fame Selection Committee, uh, they receive a list of anywhere between 100 and 130 names that they basically have to evaluate. And who is that selection committee? Who decides? It's a, a group of 48 media members. 48. There are 32 from each NFL city. Of course, in LA and in New York, there's two teams apiece. So they have one extra in each city, right? And then you have 16 at-large guys. And the two examples that they gave were Jim Trotter of NFL Network and Peter King. So you have these two guys who've been writing 
and commentating on pro football for years, they have a Hall of Fame vote. So March 1st is the first list is sent to the voters. And that list basically consists of the strong first timers who are you know, trying to get in, their, their first time of being nominated. Plus you have those who got nominated and you also have modern day nominees from last year that got at least four votes. Okay, cool. And then lastly, there's any players who were basically overlooked. Who did we who did we forget about? Who got overlooked? Then the final list gets in around September, and the best 25 are selected. Then it's whittled down to 15. And then there's what they call Selection Saturday, which is actually that Saturday before the Super Bowl. Those guys, they get in that room and they vote. They get it all together. And here's the process. Some of these guys, now the player is named, right? The media member from his city, the place where he probably played the most, will give a seven minute presentation, which is actually on camera. So you have that time to put out there why you think this man or, or, the, or, or this person is a pro football hall of famer. And then there's the instances that I thought was really comical was after Brett Favre, all of his retired, unretired, retired, unretired. You knew the guy was a Hall of Famer. Some of these guys, they would stand up because all you had to do is give a name, like Jerry Rice. And they did that, Jerry Rice. And they sit back down. There's no seven minutes that you need to talk about with this man. Or Brett Favre, they got tired of that. They knew he would be a Hall of Famer. So at one point, that's what it was, Brett Favre. But then after that, the cameras are actually shut off and they debate. And some of these debates can last anywhere between an hour to 12 hours. When one of the examples is, and I want to read more about it, they talked about Paul Tagliabue. Now, Tagliabue, we talked about last week and or a little bit last week and the week before how he basically carried from when Pete Rozelle stepped down, he Tagliabue carried the NFL basically through its most prosperous years through the 90s into the early 2000s. And there was a long debate about him being a Hall of Famer. Really was. So, and these discussions, these debates are supposed to be on field only. And then of course, the first guy that's going to pop up is Terrell Owens. He's a Hall of Famer, no, no doubt. Of course, now he is. He made it in. But nobody... <laughs> that there were too many debates where it streamed away from football it, it it went right into his personal and you can't do that and they, the other members have to pull you back in and say oh wait come on back we're talking about football here not about his sit-ups in the driveway so that's very interesting so they go from a top 10 to even a top five and those remaining five they'll give a yes or no vote and say is he a hall of famer or isn't he and that person has to have at least 80% of the vote to be to get in. If they do not, they can be eligible up to 20 years as far as becoming a Pro Football Hall of Famer. And you have those examples of, of players or coaches um, that end up in what's called the senior pool. You have those coaches in contributor uh, category as well. And from that senior pool, there's three players that they've added on 
basically, if you want to look at it, to ensure that they get in, you know that they're Hall of Fame worthy. It'd be nice that they be able to give their speech live instead of them passing away or something like that. And you never hear from them, right? And I think that's great. And then in the end, the man who was elected as, I believe, the sixth president and CEO of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David Baker, six, dude, is six, eight. I didn't know that. He's a mountain of a man. You either get the call before they go through and he performs the knock. He goes and knocks on the hotel room doors of these potential Hall of Fame candidates. And he gives the call first so you won't hear this guy next door. You won't hear the bus celebrating with his family next door and crying and everybody's cheering his family. And so you won't even, you probably won't even be there when the knocks happen. And that was a beautiful thing. And I, and I thought what was even more beautiful just look, watching it, going back and watching it, is the way that Baker stepped it up a notch and they actually went on the Fox set and the CBS set to tell Jimmy Johnson that he's a Hall of Famer and see him totally surprised and crying right there on cue. Bill Cowher, you're a Hall of Famer and celebrated with his daughters. That's great. That is great. And then you get measured for the gold jacket and you get molded for the bust and you're introduced. And it's, it's, it's just a great experience um, just to even just to watch. And again, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is not an easy thing to get into. Only 346 total in that in that family on that team, that team, not not the teams that you actually play for. But that team is a special team and not everybody gets in there. Not everybody gets in there. So with that being said, coming up next, we're going to wrap this thing up. The return of story time with Uncle Mike and an apartment from hell. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so we're back. And we're bringing it out of retirement. How to blow the dust off of it. It's been a while. Y'all know what time it is now. It's story time with Uncle Mike. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, children, boys, girls. Get your blankets, your pillows. All right, I see you. Grab it. Grab your cots. Okay, so this weekend, and I'm kind of kind of spent on telling this story, but it's just it's worthy. It really is worthy, in, in my opinion. Um, my son chose a school way out in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Johnstown, Pennsylvania is like a nine-hour and 21-minute drive away from Nashville. And I made that drive all by myself with him sleep most of the time. And I did it on only like an hour, hour and a half of sleep. Yeah, that was not good. I had to get up at one o'clock in the morning, 1.30 in the morning in order to, you know, make sure that we got out there at a decent time and went through, got rental car, blah, blah, blah. 
So the trip itself, it, it, it was it was difficult at the beginning because I don't do well driving when there's no lights. But as the sun rose, it got better. And but I, I was dog tired by the end of it. So driving through Kentucky and Ohio, that really is what was the genesis between watching some preseason and thinking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame and wanting to make a little you a uh, little detour to actually go to the pro football hall of fame that would have been great for me to be able to do we're driving through most of ohio and even talking to my son saying hey some of the best players came from pennsylvania and ohio and football pro football anyway was birthed in the state of ohio we you know did a lot of talking you know and it was a great trip you know great drive going up you know even though it was tiring so my son chose a school because he he plays basketball and i think he was a part of a showcase he goes around and he, he plays a lot of basketball this is before he went on and, and chose this school penn highlands is the school it's a community college in johnstown pennsylvania but they don't have a lot of um housing and a lot of the housing is basically you having to rent an apartment and some of these places they have plugs in and i'm not going to name any of these people i'm not going to name the name of the apartments anything but all i can tell you is once i finally arrived at about what was it about 2 30. we arrived at 2 30. now keep this in mind i got a rental car it's going to take me two hours to drive back to pittsburgh because you drive through pittsburgh going out to johnstown on a normal day i guess you could say it's about an hour and 40 minute drive but it was a little extra because of the traffic so it was going to take me two hours on a saturday to drive back from johnstown all the way back through this mountainous region to pittsburgh airport where i was supposed to catch a plane at 605 delta airlines well i could not leave my son in the situation we arrived in so we get to the apartment and it's old looking from the outside but oh, once we got the key and we, we 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 have well let's just put it like this my son has two other roommates he's going to have that are on the basketball team with him and they have a bed three bedroom apartment there one it was it, it was like it's hard to describe it was a it was trashed it was a it was a terrible looking apartment and the smell was like death uh it was something else get to that in a second so we finally get the key because we pull up nobody's there yet and we roll around to the office just so happens on saturdays apartments don't stay open that long right well you know we were told by the the newer manager okay the new manager says oh well we gave the key to miss miss a i'll just say a because i'm, I'm not gonna name any any names and you know her family they already have the key and they have the rental agreement the, the lease and papers or whatnot for everybody to sign okay cool we go back we finally get into the apartment there was an upcharge for this apartment for whatever reason and that upcharge was because they put in some newer cabinets 
and then you had some newer appliances in there but they only did it on one side i walk in i have video and photographic evidence of this there's a paintbrush that's still in the sink you can see where they slap some paints some paint on the wall there's mold in the cabinets on the other side of the kitchen it's a small kitchen they haven't even touched those cabinets yet there's a black mold in there which basically cancels out you living there in the first place keep this in mind we did not sign anything after that did this this walkthrough we walk through and it stinks once you go in the back where the the bedrooms are new flooring in the kitchen and in the living room area no central air and heat windows do open and close yes but you can tell there's a moist feel and smell in this apartment they told us that the part the apartment carpet that's in the other three rooms has been cleaned it has not the first bedroom you see marks where the bed was was moved out that hasn't been cleaned the walls are filthy the the what do you call those things those vents they have rust on them the bathroom someone sits on the toilet and they have they have a cigarette while they're on the toilet there were still ashes around the toilet the tub and the sink has not been cleaned in probably years and you go to the back and then that's when the smell hits you cat pee cat piss apparently according to some of the other residents there there were some nasty people that lived in this apartment and they kept cats i don't know how many but they kept them in the back room i go to the back room the smell got worse because that's where they basically that was a litter box it was a litter box and there was kitty litter in the carpet cat crap in the carpet i'm like are you serious this is not real i am dead tired and i want to go home but i cannot leave my son in this mess it's not possible i have to stay another day and maybe even longer just to make sure that my son has a place to stay we had to get him a hotel room um and i'll say that miss a who had her mother her daughter her great aunt as well as her or her son drove himself as well as her i guess her niece or whatnot and it was me and my son we put our heads together miss a actually found a, a couple of rentals uh some actual homes that were being wanting to be rented out and suffice it to say we had to put the boys up in a hotel i know we put my son up in one because i had to stay over myself stayed over to sunday and we spent that day looking around you know we had spent the, the, the previous day looking at these houses and it just so happens thank god there was a house right around the corner from the coast the one that we saw hardwood floors throughout two-story home that was a four-bedroom the rent was just a little bit higher cheap for the area but just a little bit higher and they found a fourth man that was going to join them as being roommates and they're splitting everything four ways look at god i'll take it i'll take it because that that was a terrible situation a an absolutely terrible situation to try to put a college student in this is my assessment of the situation i believe well one we were told that around COVID, the management for those apartments changed and they never had that problem with this apartment complex before well they know now and so does the ad and thank you to the ad who was was very important in helping us to find living space but anyway so 
they, they dropped the ball. They had two weeks to get this place together. And I don't know if it was going to take them two weeks, but one, you was going to have to replace all those carpets. You were going to have to put in new flooring up under those carpets. And you were also going to have to do something about that mold in the cabinets. You was going to have to take all of that out and replace it. And you were not going to raise the rent to do that either. Had we signed the lease, that apartment complex come to find out was going to have to pay for those boys to stay somewhere until they fix that apartment. Thank God they're not even staying in that apartment. All right, that's my story. It's not even a story. It was real life. <laughs> that story time with Uncle Mike. My son, thank God they found an apartment and or they found a house that they're renting out and it's in a great area as well as being close to their coach. You know, they got, I think, maybe at least one, maybe two freshmen that stand with my son who's technically a sophomore. But look, it was a great Situ oh terrible situation that was made great and everything worked out everything worked out they moved in today and i need to check my my card because i think my car got charged golly hey four days for a hotel room all right well hey that's the show for today i thought it was gonna be quicker than that but ah y'all enjoyed it y'all enjoyed it so references all right we're not getting them out of the way we're gonna say thanks to ohiohistorycentral.org ProFootballHallOfFame.com, ProFootballNetwork.com. It was a story that was written by Ben Rolfe, Pro Football Hall of Fame Game History, how it started, game results, and information. And also, NFL.com, the NFL Explained, the road to the Hall of Fame. The Behind the Mic Podcast, again, your host, Michael Neal Jr., presented by Belly Up Sports, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, BillyUpSports.com. Catch this show on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tell your mom, your dad, your teachers, your athletic directors, your, your apartment managers, your kids, your baby's mamas, your daddies, your baby's daddies, your, your cousins. If you don't, you better listen to the show. If you don't, I will find your house. Out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.